Welcome to Diminishing Returns. This week we are doing... Uh, no, it's not Shaun of the Dead. That was, like, what, a month ago? Something like that? Yeah. Quite recently. No, it's a uh, considerable dip in quality <laughs> as we look at Zombieland. Zombieland, yeah, here we are, zombie territory again. Bear in, bear in mind, Shaun of the Dead is the highest rated film we've ever had on the show. We both gave it 10 out of 10, so it would be a dip in quality unless we gave this film perfect scores. <laughs> well, maybe we will. Are we going to give it perfect scores, Alan? No. Are you going to give it perfect scores? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> <laughs> Why like, not? What do you want me to uh, tell you right now, or do you want me to eke it out? Of yeah, the yeah, yeah. The, the... <laughs> um, that's Alan, by the way. Hello, that guy. But Alan, yeah. for this episode, perhaps I should just call you uh, Barnsley. <laughs> I'll call you Warrington. Oh, <laughs> well, no, that's where we're from. Where are we trying to go? Oh, is that what it? I think it was where they were going. Well, no, it's because he was. Tr- yeah, but he was trying to go back to where he was from, wasn't he, to find his family? Yeah, yeah, see his parents. I don't mind being called Barnsley. It's all right. It's quite quite a hard. Hey, name. Barnsley. Well, don't call me Warrington. Call me um... Mexico. Uh, no, no, come on. Come on. That's, that's silly. How am I going to get back there in the apocalypse? Call me, call me Didsbury. I like Didsbury. That's probably <laughs> where I'm trying. <laughs> Didsbury is like the the librarian. Dids- it's it's little, like being called Pongo. Bifocal glasses Did- on. Hello, <laughs> <laughs> I'm Didsbury. <laughs> well, I didn't want to say Manchester because it's too like I like Manchester, but it's too, too you big, know too broad, big place. As opposed to Columbus, Ohio. There's only one off being London. Yeah, yeah. This this week we're looking at Zombieland. It is a horror comedy from 2009. Zombieland's a very well-regarded film. It, it came out and yeah, uh, met with very positive acclaim, really, um, when it came out. It's still got something like 7.6 or something like that on IMDb, which is pretty impressive for a zombie movie. There were a lot of comparisons made to Shaun of the Dead when it came out, which annoyed me, because they're, they're, they're tonally worlds apart. Yeah, that's the only reason I, I brought Shaun of the Dead into the mix. Myself, but uh, yeah, it's got ninety percent on Rotten Tomatoes currently. It's um, it is a well-regarded film, and and I I don't disagree with that. Mm. I'm a zombie fan. In case you haven't heard this show before, if I introduce, I still need to introduce us properly. I'm Sol. <laughs> yes, I'm sure you know that if you listen to this. I doubt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's Alan. Hello. Uh, and basically, I love zombie movies, but we've not covered many on this show before. We covered Shaun of the Dead, the one exceptional zombie movie that really transcends its peers and just is like an exceptional film. And then we've done the other end of the spectrum, haven't we, Alan? Have we? What else have we done? The worst films in the entire fucking world that happen to be zombie. Oh, movies. Resident Evil. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, we did the whole Resident Evil franchise, yeah. That's it, I think, for straight up zombie movies. We we've also covered the Evil Dead series, if you want to lump them in there, but yeah. it's debatable that one. But you are a zombie film fan and something of a zombie film expert as well. Yeah, yeah, I love zombie movies. 
Um, we have yeah. we've done stuff on the Diminisodes actually about zombie films. Oh, we so. covered Reanimator. We covered Reanimator. Oh yeah, that's yeah. a zombie film. I forgot yeah. about that. So yeah, as you said, Zombieland was uh, something of a surprise hit. I think I don't think it, it, I yeah. think it was much more. Not just that it it did all right at the box office. It was kind of actually. Yeah, critically acclaimed, and and people thought it was really yeah. good film, not just a bit. Of I, I think it, I think it made a lot of money though. Yeah. So do, shall I just lay my feelings out then straight away? Well, it seems Oops. like you hate it. Yeah. No, no, that's definitely too strong. No, um, I enjoyed the film. I think it's perfectly watchable, but I do think it's total style over substance. It's a nice concept, uh, nice visualization, very well realized, but it's really missing a plot. Uh, the fact that it's born out of a like a pilot for a TV series makes a lot of sense because in a TV series you you just want the status quo and then it's like yeah well, this week they're searching for Twinkies this week they go to the theme park this week they run into Bill Murray you know it's like that's and then you set back to normal so that makes sense but then this just feels like it doesn't go anywhere and there's no drive to it I don't necessarily disagree with any of that. But I think I'm going to come out of it more positive. Uh, yeah, no, fair enough. And I think, but that's what I mean. I think it's very watchable, and I think it totally works on that level. And there's nothing wrong with that. But for me, it did not do well on a second watch. So, like that was an immediate thing, and I'm not mm. sure I need or want a sequel. Yeah, and I'm not sure. Yeah. And I also think this is one of those situations where. Everything just came together perfectly, not necessarily yeah. because people were working really well or knew what they were doing. Just circumstances dropped really nicely, and that's why. Yeah. I, just to say up front, I think the sequel is going to be is going to disappoint a lot of people. <laughs> I hate to say it, but I I've got a really bad feeling about the sequel as well. I, I the thing with Zombieland is when when I came out of the cinema, I was like. Right. Well, I really hope they get the ball rolling on that sequel. Like it, this is a film that lends itself to a sequel. It, it, because it, you know, it was designed as episode one of a TV show. You, mm. you, you just want them to do this every couple of years. The continued adventures of these guys, you know, fucking around with zombies. Great, but because it's been a ten-year gap and they've waited so long, I think that expectations are going to be a lot higher and it needs to be more than just another episode of Zombieland. It needs to be yeah, a proper film and, and the trailer certainly doesn't fill me with um, hope, but I suppose we should get to that later on. Yeah, so as we've spoken about a bit there, uh, this was intended to be a, a pilot for a, a zombie sitcom. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, there was an obvious gap in the market, especially 2009. When did The Walking Dead start? I want to say 2010, mm. but people knew it was in production. Dead Set had uh, been on 2008, I believe. Uh, and although I will say it's probably unlikely that whoever was behind this had seen Dead Set or was aware of it then... It was just an obvious thing back then. It was like, look, people haven't really done zombies on television yet, but they're huge in movies. It it was just inevitable that they'd make their way to TV. Mm-hmm. And they have. Yeah, the idea of a zombie sitcom, it's kind of crazy to me that that's still not really being done. Are you uh, putting yourself in, putting yourself forward for the job? Oh yeah, I've got ideas. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> We'll come to that later. 
the thing is, you can tell. Because a lot of people act like, oh, it's crazy this was meant to be a TV show, isn't it? And it's like, no. No, it feels like it feels like it was meant to be a TV show. Mm. You've got all your character introductions. You you have it ending on a note of right off we go to episode two, and they're like the the list of rules and all that sort of stuff. Really, yeah, that's like, it. It's kind of like my name is Earl. You know, it's like it's uh, yeah something yeah, yeah, you yeah. Can keep coming back to and adding to and playing with. Exactly, that feels like something that largely gets forgotten about. After yeah. the first twenty minutes, thirty minutes, and they've retroactively written a couple of extra little nods to it into the script, but it largely mm. feels like, oh, that was a setup to just have running gags in the show. And it's Zombie Kill of the... the World and set up the character yeah. pretty well, it's alright. Zombie Kill of the Week was uh, literally intended to be yeah. Zombie Kill of the Week and they were gonna have one every episode. There's a lot of little things like that. But for whatever reason it became a movie. The, the, the direction and the and like the style of the thing, it, it's a bold statement, and I think it works for what it is. So I can totally see that. I, I it feels like a music video director who's he is up, Alan. You know what I he mean? is. Which is fine. Hey, Alan. Alan. Yes. He is Alan. What? A music video director. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what? Do you know what he did? Electric Six. Yeah. <laughs> Go on. He did. He did the. Uh, he did the worst mainstream Electric Six music video for Dance Commander, the third single off their first album that isn't one of the two songs people. That know. Everybody knows. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, he, he he cut his teeth on Electric Six. I think that was like his first proper gig. Um, I think that might be his first IMDb credit. Then he, he yeah, his career kind of shriveled up after this because he made he followed it up with a film called Thirty Minutes or Less with Jesse Eisenberg. Yeah, that didn't didn't capture the same magic, and didn't do that well. Yeah. Then he made Gangster Squad, which was meant to be a big a big thing, and went down pretty poorly. Then he had to go to TV jail for a bit, but then he made Venom, and uh, all's well again. Yeah, we'll see about that. Pretty baffling, isn't it? Because Venom wasn't exactly. I mean, it wasn't well directed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it made a lot of money. But that's what I mean. I think this film, it's it's. It's well directed in the sense of it has a distinct visual style. Oh god, it really struck me. Content. It really struck me on the um, on revisiting it. The director makes this film, yeah, because this was written by those TV pilot guys. They were trying to get a TV show off the ground. Uh, ultimately, they did produce a TV episode pilot for a Zombieland series with the same writers behind it. Uh, years on when it looked like they wouldn't make a sequel to the film. Mm-hmm. And you can kind of tell it's the same writers. You can kind of tell it's the same sort of writing, but it's awful. And it's because it's just not put together as well. And and watching this again, it's like, oh yeah, the although there's nothing inherently obvious about like the mise-en-scene or whatever that the directors bring into the table here, apart from a few obvious you know stat- slow-motion sequences and things like that, it is just brought together in a way that makes it work very well, for the most part. You know, they, there are these little slow motion moments. There are mm-hmm. things like the rules popping up on screen and in yeah. vaguely playful ways. And it, it, yeah, the, the the actors as well. You know, they're clearly being directed to to do it in a way that makes the material work. It, it's um, 
credit yeah. to Ruben Fleischer. I, I think he's a huge, huge part as to why this film works. I'll give you that. I just, yeah. So, do you want to talk about the actors? Yeah. It's actually a pretty high caliber cast. Oh, um, God. Yeah. Certainly very in retrospect. High caliber. But even yeah, at the well, time, this is it. Well, this is it. It, it. People often talk about this as like, wow, they fucking lucked their way into an amazing cast and then everyone blew up and their career got huge. And I don't know if that's true. I, I think Emma Stone was riding the crest of a career explosion. Yeah, she wasn't an Oscar winner yet, but she was still a big deal in Just 2009. Superbad? Yeah, I mean, well, she wasn't a huge thing out of Superbad, but she was in the new Spider-Man movies and stuff. And she was, was she she'd done what's the other one? Easy, Easy A is that Easy A? That yeah, she was. She was, she was, she was very clearly yeah. And Jesse Eisenberg, same exact thing. He was just on the crest of a career explosion. So, so I guess maybe they the did get year. in there. Yeah, maybe they did get in there right before they picked they... up these yeah young talents. I mean, yeah. what's her for Emma Stone? She's like twenty years old in this. Yeah, she's still young. And uh, Abigail Breslin, probably the peak of her career. Yeah. But but well established, you know, like for yeah, a child, yeah. Well, that's she, that's what I mean. She herself. was well established. Woody Harrelson, obviously, well established at this point. I guess he was their big get. And and I'd say you know even Woody Harrelson, I'd say is his stock has risen. I would say since he made this, he's one of those people that never quite went away. You know, he never had the a real real lull. Maybe the late nineties, early two thousands. But he always he's always managed to stay consistently working and finding a new place for himself, you know? New- Woody Harrelson, I mean, God, he's just been... He's just in stuff all the time. Yeah. And a lot of it's good. I mean, sure, a lot of it's stuff like Now You See Me, which, uh, as we've established, is bullshit, but... <laughs> but the thing is, like, if you were making a Zombieland film now, you could you could have Woody Harrelson in the Bill Murray character, you know? <laughs> like, they go and find a house and it's Woody Harrelson's house. Yeah, like oh, yeah. I love Woody Harrelson. Yeah, white men yeah, can't jump. Yeah, and then he's like playing. But you know, he he's he's had a very very strong career post Zombieland. He you know, on the yeah. big blockbuster money making side, he's done Hunger Games. He's done Planet of the Apes. He's done Now You See Me. On the <laughs> on the other side, he's done True Detective. He's done Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, for which he was Oscar nominated. He's, you know, he's gone strength to strength the last ten years. Yeah. Uh, Abigail Breslin. Yes, she did commit the ultimate crime of not being a child anymore. Uh, yeah. Seems to have so ruined her career. But, you know, she is a great <laughs> Hey, look, she's she is clinging on to that career. She's not going to let it go. So I think she'll be alright. But yeah, it's never going to be quite the... Uh, she was she was a big deal while she was a kid. Oh, she was a, she's a great actor. But she she hasn't grown up in the correct Hollywood way. She's yeah. just a little bit too wide. Um, she did do <laughs> the. Uh, I mean that in a in the best possible taste. <laughs> but she's not fat or anything. But like, do you know, what I mean, she's not the right build for. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, I completely know what you mean. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like, for example, she did the remake of Dirty Dancing, playing the frumpy <laughs> girl lead. You know, the one who's. Not an obvious sex symbol, but then Patrick Swayze likes her anyway. Yeah. Uh, so, you know. But a good actor, so hopefully uh, mm. come, come round in the end. Um, Haley Joel Osment still gets the odd job, so, you know. A very solid cast, no doubt. 
I love Emma Stone. I love Woody Harrelson. <laughs> you know who else I love, Alan? Bill Murray. Bill fucking Murray. <laughs> I find the Bill Murray interlude in this film completely pointless. <laughs> I agree, <laughs> but I also have to say, what an injection of life into the film. It, it's starting to flag and then Bill Murray turns up. But this, I think this is my problem. I, I, I never feel like this film gets going. Like, what, what is it doing? What is it trying to say? What's the character arcs? What's the narrative of it? There's nothing there. It's just a sort of series of kind of nonsense with these characters. And it's perfectly enjoyable nonsense. But I'm just a little bit frustrated by the whole thing. Yeah. And then, the, and then to, to try and make it work, they, they do like, you know, the love story at the end and finding family and all that. And it's just, yeah. uh, you could have spent more time fleshing that out and doing that well. well Film's 84 minutes that, long, for Christ's sake. I think that's part of the problem the sequel's going to face. Because they obviously want to keep the will they won't they Ross and Rachel Sam and Diane dynamic going between uh, <laughs> Jesse Eisenberg. Cheers references on a Woody film. <laughs> <laughs> they obviously want to keep that going, but it yeah. is ten years later. So what's been going on in between? They probably would have fucked and either got over it or settled into it at that point. So the only way they could really play up this this uh, jealousy over a new female character that they're obviously doing in the trailers is to um have it be like we we're just together through circumstance and we've realized we don't really like each other that much and it's been 10 years and now someone else has come along well i'm jealous that's the only way it would really make sense but um and it's clear that that character they're putting in is like the thick girl so it's just going to be a purely sort of superficial desire yeah anyway more on that in a bit Okay, let's hit some of the plot points. We start by establishing the Jesse Eisberg character. Well, we establish zombies, and there's yeah, a whole well, lot of slow motion zombie stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's all really good. I think that's Ruben Fleischer bringing a hell of a lot of, um, not just character and charm, but like comedy to the film. There's, some of the best gags in the film, I'd say, are that slow motion sequence. You've got your, your guy wearing the end is near sign stood out on the street being attacked by zombies from all sides and just sort of looking like, oh shit. Yeah. You've got the father and son doing a three-legged race away from some zombies that are like three-legged racing after them. That's good. But these were nice little comedy bits, but I was suddenly asking my question, like, do these people just switch into zombies in an immediate, like... Because it's not like they become zombies and then gone, oh, right, well, I'll go to work or I'll, I'll... I'll go to my job as a stripper. Now I'm a zombie. It's like, do they are they doing a thing? They're doing a three legged race, and suddenly they become a zombie. Like, yeah, just like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Someone's a, a zombies come to the the whatever they're doing, like the picnic or whatever, and attack them, and they've been bitten and then turned on the ground, like like twenty eight days later. Shit, must have been a bad bite because it took Amber Heard. Enough time for Jesse Eisenberg to fall asleep, but exactly, yeah, that's what I mean. It's yeah, like, I, I really, <laughs> I really don't like how that um, Amber Heard scene is handled. Yeah, it, it just there's just something about how they handle that transformation that it just isn't well put together, and it's partly because they give him time to fall asleep, and then he wakes up, and then she hasn't just like ripped his face off immediately. 
There's also the fact that she's suddenly covered in blood and sores and things, and and I get that like maybe that's what this zombie virus does, but I I, I think it's much. Well, let's more say one of one zombies. of the one of the uh, opening sequences. It's a wedding, and they're literally the bride and groom are kissing. Like you may now kiss the bride, but the bride's a zombie. But she's also got blood all over her dress, and like it's yeah, it's like that. It's like I appreciate it's just doing it as a little comedy thing at the beginning, but you're not creating any consistency in the world or reality of it. So, yeah, that's exactly what I mean by it's just sort of they're going for a, a particular thing and damn the consequences. It's style over substance. No, but you could see how that would work, Alan. They they could easily have written that as a scene that would play because, you know, you, you, you have them all stood around. Where's, where's Joan? Oh, God, has she stood me up? Oh, no, she's here. It's fine. Oh, Joan? Joan, oh, honey! And then she reaches out to kiss. Oh, I love you too. Like, you could easily write that and have it as a scene that plays. It's just, you have to do a bit of mental legwork for it to work, but it's not. I know what you're saying, but I (laughs) I think it's fine. I don't think it breaks the reality of the film. What we established right at the beginning of the film is uh, the Jesse Eisenberg character, and he's got this voice of God narration, and he's telling the rule, he's te- explaining the backstory, and he's telling you the rules that he lives by. I always find the narrator a bit of a cop out, you yeah. know, show don't tell. Yeah, I, I, I appreciate sometimes it works; it can get a job done. But I think in this film, like I said, I think this, if if anything, what this film needs is just do more. Like it feels like I've taken a thirty-minute script and gone right. Let's flesh this out to ninety minutes, and then only made it to eighty. Not only do I completely agree, but can I can I get my little uh, millennial problematizing hat on for a Ooh. second? Can, can it can it come in the form of a comedy character? <laughs> uh, okay. Um, ding dong. Hello. Hello, it's me, annoying millennial. Would you like some avocado toast? <laughs> Hello, annoying millennial. That's a very appropriate name for what you are. <laughs> uh, oh, hi, hi, annoying millennial. You know, actually, I'm an annoying millennial too, so we should get along. Oh, well, great. I love your beard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I love your um, your weird sort of earring things, those hoop <laughs> things that go in your ears and make them have big holes in them. Oh, thank you, thank you, that's very nice. Although, um... Are you wearing mascara? Is that not cultural appropriation? Oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, um, do you want so... a coffee? <laughs> <laughs> only, only if it's got a Star Wars reference uh, put into the foam. <laughs> I have got Almond milk is that okay? <laughs> no, that's problematic. It's uh, there are water shortages where they where they grow the almonds. Oh, shit. <laughs> what's what's what is that accent you're doing? Uh, I, I don't really know. I don't want to commit to one specifically because that that would be problematic. It would be cultural appropriation. Probably Seattle. Okay. Talk. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> this is this is good material, Alan. This is fun. <laughs> this is gonna this is gonna open up a whole new demographic of listeners from like the <laughs> from the Daily Mail crowd. Well, I I believe annoying millennial has something to say about Zombieland. So can we can we hear that? Um, there there's a line where the narrator you you guys were just talking about says, uh, 
she she wasn't your usual stuck up bitch talking about Emma Stone. Is that not um a bit problematic? Well, I think you've got to see it from the, the point of view of the character who says it, who is, you know, he's very shy, reticent about around women. And so he's on the defensive. And I think when he he tries to approach women and gets rejected, he's trying to find a way, a way to blame them mm. for his own failings. Yeah, I mean, I think that's um, I think that's arguably true. I don't think the film is intending to get that deep into his psyche. And I don't think the film ever condemns that sort of attitude and I think inadvertently what you have is just basically like a little incel who happens to have survived the apocalypse and they don't they don't give him the character growth he kind of ought to have yeah this is interesting because this this is make the central character is that I guess the idea is it's supposed to be like oh he's not the sort of person you'd expect to survive in this kind of cutthroat world because he's a little geek or and he never goes out he doesn't like people but then but then what he never quite manages to become is why do those characteristics that made him not fit in in the human world make him work in the zombie world so for Mm. example the fact that he always avoided people meant that he didn't get infected straight away or whatever you know something like that it's it's implied that's that's what the rules are isn't it that's how this guy is yeah he's a bit ocd but that means he sticks to his rules and he survives yeah but um yeah that that one line really did just jump out at me like whoa that is not aged well <laughs> 10 years ago i think people wouldn't really bat an eyelid at that necessarily they just mm. think oh whatever whereas now it's like if you're gonna have someone say drop that in the film it kind of feels like you're gonna have to address it you have to do something with it because it, it, it is just it's just a weirdly aggressive thing to drop in the film there don't you think like we we haven't seen him being sort of treated badly by women or rejected like to, we we kind of imply it from his character infer it from his character but we don't we don't have we don't we haven't seen enough to really justify it but that's it that's just it it's it's only implicit because he's a shut-in but yeah he's also a guy who spends all night playing video games eating pizza and drinking energy drinks so what's he done to justify being treated differently by people including women it's it's your classic incel misogynistic attitude towards women just creeping mm. in basically i i think it I, honestly it, it just it left a bad flavor in my mouth when that line came out it was a bit like oh god that's the problem with the character as well is yeah he's supposed to be this kind of incel shutting kind of guy but he's an incel shutting kind of guy who's you know in decent shape you know, perfectly fine looking and seems to have a lot of money because he lives in a huge apartment oh god i had to yeah yeah so what is like what is he? <laughs> well that's it. Is he I mean he's basically Mark Zuckerberg. Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> <laughs> but that's it. If you if you're gonna be like, yeah, look, I mean, he's a little sort of nerdy, shy, quiet guy, but he's good at this, so he's made a lot of money, whatever. Like what are his skills? What are his talents and how do they apply to this new post apocalyptic world? Why would yeah. this woman be attracted to him when no other woman has before? Is it the circumstances that have changed? Has he changed? Is it that just that he's better at dealing with people because he's actually had to go out there and deal with people? Like, what is yeah. any of this? It's nothing happens. Not, there's no there's no kind of A to B at any of this point. It's just a load of shit that they've put in a script that doesn't mean anything. It feels like it was written a certain way. 
and then badly directed. It, it, basically, it feels like it was written that he was meant to be a bit of a, a nerdy slob, and, and you totally get that he didn't fit into society, and now it's the post-apocalyptic world. He's found his niche, and he does fit in. And But that's it. If he's in a shitty little apartment, the girl next door knocks on the door, and then he's scurrying to like tidy up the space because like, oh my exactly. God, she's going to see how shit I live. And he's oh like, God, oh, oh, I'll take this horrible hoodie off. Everywhere. And- <laughs> yeah, and he tries yeah. to get his nice shirt on, but he's put on weight and it doesn't fit. You know, like yeah, exactly all this sort of stuff. It's like you get Jonah Hill to play it. You know, Hollywood fat. Fair enough. You need him to be in shape so his cardio rule makes sense. And you do get you know nerdy little men who are very in shape. That's not a million miles away from reality. Mm. Maybe if they had him like lifting some dumbbells whilst playing World of Warcraft or something. Maybe it was one of those. Like Calvin. (laughs) Yeah. It's three pound Um, dumbbells. But it it never quite feels like it's properly addressed, does it? Yeah. And and the only way that dorm room makes sense within the context is if he's got incredibly rich parents or if he's made shitloads of money doing something nerdy on the computer. Mm. And neither of those are ever addressed. They never even say, like, oh, I went from you know, a luxurious life to whatever. So it kind of just feels like you're watching Friends again and you're just not meant to acknowledge that this is a much nicer building than anyone. Because he's, he's clearly meant to be like a student, right? I don't and... know. Is, is that's it. It's, uh... But like, if he was like mid-twenties kind of tech guy who's made his millions like early on, but never been very good socially. And so, but now because he's rich... Whenever he meets a woman, he kind of, he's thinking, "Oh, I don't trust it because she's like only interested in my money," and like that creates this distrust, or that creates this, anything. Just give me something for a character. Don't they call it a dorm room? So I'm on my way from my college dorm in Austin, Texas, to Columbus, Ohio, where I'm hoping my parents are still alive. No, don't. Think or have I just so. imagined that? Yeah, he did say something like, "Oh, I was in. I went. I was going from my university in Texas to." Columbia, yeah, something yeah. like that. So that's that's what I mean. It just doesn't make sense. If he, he's like a fucking, I think he's meant to be a student. She's meant to be a fellow student over the way, and they're in like the most ridiculously high end student flats for millionaires. And that's fine. Maybe he's from money. You know, he wants to go back to his parents, who are also shut ins like him. And and they're obviously, I should add, they are so obviously being set up for a future episode of the show. Those parents. Mm. Yeah, but unfortunately what it does here is that it sets it up and doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. Well, the problem is they they immediately they immediately get rid of his motivation and don't really replace it unless you count the romantic one of Well, no, cuz then he's just hanging around. Like he he's just kind of on the road surviving. And I mean, that's fine, but that's it. There's no motivation to anything in the film. There's no Yeah. drive. And okay, so he he's just on the road, he bumps into another survivor. Played by Woody Harrelson, who's like much more of the badass kind of well, that's, yeah, more what Mad Max kind of guy. Exactly. More what you'd expect to be out on the road and and played really well, you know. I, I, yeah. I think his character is a big part of why the film works, uh, particularly because Woody Harrelson is an excellent actor. So, you know, he, he is capable of bringing a little bit more to the whole thing. There, there is this little. Uh, set up payoff with his uh, puppy, yeah, which I think works beautifully. To be honest, as a as a little injection of something extra, it feels a bit thrown away for my taste. It does. I agree. It feels like thrown away, but I think just 
without looking at it within the context of everything else, just taking it on the merits of, oh, it's this puppy, then you find out what the puppy actually was, his son, I think it works beautifully. I think he, he, he performs it really well. I think it imbues his character with just a little bit of humanity that wasn't really present for anyone else in the film. You understand who he is as soon as that happens and, and it's know, just a it's shame just, there isn't more motivation something else yeah just needed totally more it. like he very distinctly says oh it's my dog it's a puppy like i thought maybe he was talking euphemistically and we just assumed it was and yeah. then obviously they show the flashbacks with the dog but that's from jesse eisenberg's point of view so yeah, that's how he's yeah. imagining it but no it's very distinct but oh yeah he says, i, I he didn't says get a sense boy. of he was hiding that and then so later on when he says it and he kind of owns up to it, it doesn't feel like a confessional moment. It doesn't particularly feel like, oh, I'm finally opening up to you guys because we're getting to know each other and getting to trust you a little bit. And this is the first time I've done this in years. And I didn't really get all of that. That's what I wanted. It was just this kind of like, oh, by the way, it was his son. Da, 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 da. Oh. And then it's like, again, it's just not well handled. It's like trying to punch me in the face with this payoff instead of finessing it into my mouth. I like it. <laughs> I, I think I think it plays very believably. Like this is how that guy would open up. It's kind of a half-assed. Look, I'll, I'll kind of put this out here, and you can piece it together if you want. But then you have the other character distinctly say it. It's like they, all oh, right, we can't actually like trust that this is going to go over, so we need to make it obvious and do the flashbacks. Yeah. yeah. And then he like wipes his tears away with a big wad of money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which was funny, but was that? appropriate for the moment <laughs> is that selling it yeah it's a hot it's a horror comedy yeah obviously i think the idea of going to a celeb home post-apocalypse is a really great one it's kind of surprising that more things haven't gone into this territory honestly i, I you know and they, mm-hmm. they managed to get bill murray i i uh, how did they do that is, is it that difficult? do you think he just turned do you think he just turned up on set <laughs> yeah, it's difficult to get Bill Murray. It's impossible to lock down. He hasn't got an agent. You just like he's got a phone number you ring and it's an answering machine and if he likes the sound of what you're doing, he'll uh, get in touch. He obviously just liked the sound of whatever they pitched. Well, so, yeah, it's got like, we're making a horror comedy zombie film. We want you to play yourself. It'll be two days filming. We'll give you a, a lot of money. Ring me back. An odd choice. What Bill Murray? Bill Murray. Yeah, do you not think the idea that of all the people who are going to be the hero to these people of different generations and like a comedy great, uh, yeah, would you go to Bill Murray rather than yeah, Tom Cruise or whatever they, they mentioned in the film? I I think it works that because people do love love Bill Murray and it it really feels like a further bit of very in keeping character development that uh, Woody Harrelson loves Bill Murray. And takes them to Bill Murray's house instead of everyone else's. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, when you when you get to that, it almost feels like it should be like a real B lister rather than Bill Murray. It, it's just it's an yeah. odd choice. But you know do you, do you know who um who it was originally meant to be? Chuck Norris? No. <laughs> Bruce Willis? No. <laughs> it was written, apparently, for Patrick Swayze. I, I can see that. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Woody Harrelson character would be like, oh yeah, I love Point Break. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, and Emma Stone could be like, oh, I love some girl film that you were Dirty in. Dancing. Yeah. And Abigail Breslin would be like, hmm, tell me more about this Dirty Dancing. <laughs> My understanding is he, he got diagnosed with cancer 
uh, at some point during the production, and there was a. I I certainly read at one point that they were worried about the potential for bad taste with him playing a zombie version of himself, like dressing up as a zombie in case he then died, and then they had him as a zombie in the film. But I think it was more likely that he was just too ill to actually like mm. go out and film it. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So, so they got Bill. You're Murray right, though. You're, like you're a... right. Bill Murray is too big a star for that level of cameo. Like the joke yeah. is, like it's like, oh, who are we going to? Oh, he's my favorite actor ever. And then it's going to be like, yeah, Stephen Seagal or yeah. something. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of a weird, you're right. A weird pick, but it's one of those things that I think everyone in the world just loves Bill Murray, so they all just go with it, because mm. who doesn't like Bill Murray? No one. <laughs> and then uh, there's one of the first uh, bits of egregious, stupid behaviour from a character in the film, where you're kind of like, really? <laughs> that the best way you could write that? Where Bill Murray pretends to be a zombie walking up to people who've been surviving out post-apocalypse with a shotgun next to them. Yeah, but is, is this because they don't really, perhaps, and this, the film doesn't sh- express this, but is it because they, they're thinking, oh, it's little Jesse Eisenberg, he's not going to go around shooting anybody, he's going to shit his pants and run off. Maybe. Because have they, they haven't really, have they seen any great evidence of his great zombie fighting skills? He's a, he's a runner, isn't he? He's a cardio guy. So maybe they they're so. just thinking maybe they just don't recognize the threat. But then they they don't come in and go, "Holy shit! I never thought you'd actually shoot him." They're also high. I think that's oh, meant yeah, that's to true. justify it a bit. <laughs> that's a good point, actually. Yeah, that's probably why. <laughs> yeah, so that does justify it. <laughs> I think that's part of why uh, he's so chilled out when he's actually dying. <laughs> also, he's been watching Ghostbusters, so he's probably a little bit worked up <laughs> on edge. <HR, really. laughs> Lots of scary things. Um, yeah, that's what they should have done with that. They, she, he goes to show Abigail Breslin Ghostbusters, but she gets so shitted up by the ghost in the library in the first five minutes that yeah. she can't watch the rest of it. Because that's what happened to me when I was a kid. I watched it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, oh, I didn't notice. Uh, I didn't notice you were still here. Uh, annoying millennial. <laughs> I knew that I could smell the the hooker smoke. <laughs> Um, I I think uh, the correct term is uh, sex worker smoke. <laughs> no, it's a different different thing altogether. You've completely misread the situation. <laughs> I I believe the the correct term uh, is uh, hookah vape. <laughs> oh yeah, of course it'd be vaping now, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. oh, good. Um, yeah. why 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 have you chirped up? Why why are you still here? Does anyone find it a bit weird that uh? Emma Stone, uh, she she's still got a full face of makeup at this point in the film. Oh yeah, that's an interesting point, isn't it? Yeah, that is why she got that. It's because she's a woman and she would be ugly and disgusting without makeup <laughs> on. Uh, hey, all prob- women would be prob- uh, annoying millennial. Are you are you suggesting women only wear makeup to appeal to men? Oh no! Uh, oh oh uh, oh dear! I think he's. Um... I think he's, we shut him down. He's then. fallen into a shame spiral. That did that did annoy me. I must say, it, it, it's like she's got a full face of makeup in this film. Whenever she appears, yeah. Well, you got to get your priorities right in a post-apocalyptic world. Make sure you look good. Yeah, 
Yeah. Uh, so the other thing about the, these these characters, the sisters, we see a flashback of we get one little flashback of them out on the con, even in the in the pre-apocalyptic world. And we know, and maybe you know that sort of explains why they don't trust anyone. But again, presumably this is setting up for further kind of progression. But we don't get any idea of where they're where they're coming from. Like, what's their background? Where are the parents? You know, what's happened to them? It, it, it just makes you think maybe they're bad people, much like Jesse Eisenberg's character. But that's it. Because they're young, you think. Well, you know, they've had to learn how to survive and street and, rat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but they probably do give bread away to orphans, and that it's it's you know maybe we just no that that's scene. the thing the film the film was missing that scene. Yeah, it just needed that. Yeah. The only motivation we have is that they want to go to a theme park. Yeah, for no obvious reason. I don't mind I mean, that. Lots they're, of they're reasons why you shouldn't clinging on to um, stuff from when they're alive. What I do mind is that they just go and then turn it on and make all the noise and don't they're like too stupid to see why that's a bad idea and no one even acknowledges that that's a bad idea yeah it's not managed to get on the rides and make them work without being stood at the controls yeah it's it's not it's not even like they say we want to do that and then woody harrelson goes whoa 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 that's the stupidest idea i ever heard or anything like that it's you know (laughs) it, it it they just do it it's just so phenomenally, profoundly stupid in a way that those characters aren't set up to be. Yeah, and when they're there and they're getting chased, they go, oh, let's go up onto that big scaffolding that we definitely won't be able to get down from again. Yeah. You know, it's just... But if you get over it, what follows is a phenomenally fun bit of action, comedy, nonsense. I, I think that whole finale with the zombies trying to get in and Jesse Eisenberg and Woody Harrelson driving around and on the roller coaster and everything, I, I think it's so fun, so well put together, just as, you know, a sort of comedic action sequence. Never remotely scary. I think mm. this film really does fall down on the horror front, and it does feel like it's trying to be horror in a lot of places. I don't think it really manages it. But the stakes are just way too low. The stakes are always too low. It's and, and even in that situation where it's literally life and death, it don't, you never feel like there's any risk. You know, you know what's going to happen. The only yeah. thing that could have happened was like Woody Harrelson would have had to sacrifice himself in some way to help save all the others. But they obviously bottled out of that because they're thinking we want to make a series out of it. And yeah, yeah, it does feel like it's going there. Yeah, that feels like that's where it was driving to. and But he, that wouldn't have been justified by the way they behaved. You know what I mean? We never had the build-up where he learns to like love them and yeah. wants to protect them like he never could with his son and all that. And it would make you hate those characters because it's completely their fault that they're in that situation. Yeah. So they got Woody Harrelson killed. Yeah, yeah. So, like I say, I, I think this is a real shame that they haven't just been pumping these out once every couple of years because I, I think they'd be, you know, very easy to make a very fun Zombieland movie every couple of years. But uh, it, there was a period for a while where they were, you know, they were, they've been talking about making Zombieland 2 for 10 years. And um, so there, there was a point earlier on when they were like, it's not going to happen. The cast's all too big. It's just not going to happen. Hey, we're going to make that TV show instead that it was mm. based on, that it was originally meant to be. Cause... Well, let's let's rate the film before we step to the TV show. 
I think it is a really enjoyable zombie comedy romp, and so I give it an 8 out of 10. I thought, yeah, I thought it was very watchable, little light-hearted entertainment thing. I originally watched the cinema, I gave it a 7. On the rewatch, which was just this morning, I um, I definitely liked it less. I, I sort of took much more note of the flaws, as we've been discussing, and the more and more we talk about it, the, the more badly I feel about it. Um, I, so I, I've dropped it down to a six, mm. and I could easily go keep going if we if we keep talking about it. <laughs> but that, that's the thing. Gosh. Despite all the sort of negative things I've been saying and the flaws, it is very enjoyable watch. It's very easy to watch, and you yeah. kind of come away going, "Oh, that was fine." Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I think a six is is fair. Yeah, that's that's fair enough. Because to be honest, the eight I've given it is quite generous because I am very biased in favor of zombies. Um, so, how so there you like, go. can we quickly discuss that? How does it deli- on a on a purely zombie uh, criteria? How does it deliver? What in what sense? Uh, do you get what you want from like regardless of the character story? Like from a zombie film, what, what do you want from zombies, and then do you um, get it? You know what? If I'm honest, no, I I don't. This this feels like it's very superficially a zombie movie. Yeah. It could just as easily be like werewolves, <laughs> or, yeah, yeah, or like and something. Yeah, it doesn't really it's satisfy. Just a, it's just an external threat that never gets too close to really de- threatening them, does it? Yeah, and and that's the thing is, it obviously you could make that argument with a lot of zombie movies, but it never really scratches that itch I have for for zombie content. Yeah, because the horror never really works, and it never. Like I say, I think it is trying to be scary in places. I do think they're trying to do actual horror comedy here, not just funny zombie movie. Mm. But I just don't think it's well directed enough. So the zombies are there, but it it, it it generally it feels more like a video game where you're just, you know, gunning down generic villains being thrown at the screen rather than actually dealing with a legitimate zombie threat. Mm. So, okay, so, yeah, they did uh, try to get a TV show off the ground, right? I don't know anything about this, so uh, if you could so, tell me. So, yeah, in the, in the early days of Amazon, before it was even Amazon Prime Video, back in the early days of Amazon getting into producing content, they made all of their pilots available to be watched. They had, like, a pilot season, which I thought was a really cool, exciting thing for a TV company to do. Well, they just put them out like anyone could watch them. They said, here are all the pilots we've got. Now go and watch them and then fill out a little form voting for which ones you want us to make into a series. Like, fill that's out a little... Perfect sense. Thing. We'll, we'll do a little questionnaire. That's what the pilots are for, isn't it? Yeah. And they, they presumably monitored um, data to do with how much people watched stuff as well as filling out the forms. Mm. I think off the back of this, they made shows like Transparent and things like that. Transparent. Hey now! Oh, it's Jeffrey Tumbaugh becoming a woman. Yeah. Amazon had this this slate of pilots. And the big high-profile one for me was the Zombieland TV series. I think most of the pilots were just, you know, not based on a property. I think the Zombieland pilot got a much more negative reaction than it would have done. Because it was being compared to the film. Um, mm. It wasn't completely terrible. It wasn't good. It had flashes of 
of good in there. There were little moments that were like, oh, I can see this is the same writers. Because I should add, it was the same writers as the film. Same characters. Same characters, which I think was a big mistake. Yeah. Uh, same characters, all recast with TV nobodies. Of course. You've got someone called Kirk Ward, for example, playing Tallahassee. Ever heard of him? Nope. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. His uh, his biggest credit to date is probably playing a soldier in Austin Powers' The Spy Who Shagged Me. <laughs> so that's the level of actors we were talking about. <laughs> so they're not those characters, but they're meant to be. The continuity feels a bit weird. You're kind of like, so what, is this set immediately after the film? I think it is. But then they're just wandering around. There's like you complain there was no set of stakes or anything in the film. Yeah. This is just they're just wandering around. They're just talking to people. They keep meeting other people who are survivors and chatting to them. And it it's it's just terrible. It's really badly done. And and I think if um I think if they'd gone in thinking well it'll be about some other characters it'll be kind of separate. It yeah, it's the same world. They're in a different part. There's some more survivors somewhere. Yeah, yeah. But honestly, other than a few well-written moments, like I say, that bit with the office workers and so on, that the film had all sorts of. I don't know. The world just feels so. You get this a lot in zombie content, honestly. But it just feels a bit too easy to survive in this world to buy that society would have fallen apart. Yeah, and so the whole world just doesn't work, and. You, there feels like there's way too many survivors as well. And it, it feels like they're just handling it like, oh, what should we do today? Well, let's pop to the shops. Okay. Oh, there's a zombie. Oh, shoot it. All right. Carrying on. Oh, oh, it's your birthday later. And that could be funny, but it isn't done well enough. And and this is why I think Ruben Fleischer is a huge part as to why the film works. Because I think mm. if you'd given Ruben Fleischer this same script, I think he would have hammered it into a shape where it made a, you know, for a bit of fun entertainment but it was Mm. directed by a guy called Eli something who is a TV guy presumably and and it's just not it's just not very well done Um, so it incurred the wrath of the internet saying what a load of shit and fair enough because to be honest even if I I think if this had been um, an, an original property if it had just called itself like Zombie Town, <laughs> and it had been new characters. Yeah, I think it would have probably gone to series based on the strength of the other Amazon pilots. None of them were great, but you know it wasn't. So <laughs> fuck mm-hmm. it. And thankfully, that died so hard on its ass that they went back to well, maybe we can do a movie after all of sequel. And here we are. But yeah, Zombieland Double Tap is now coming out. And it kind of, it looks, I'm worried because I've seen that Zombieland TV pilot and this seems like it's falling into a lot of the same exact traps of there's too many survivors, they're just running into other people, therefore it feels way too easy to survive in this world. They're just kind of wandering around aimlessly. And I watched the trailer, nothing particularly jumped out at me in it. It wasn't very funny. But so there was a guy with a big bag of weed. Yeah, you know how funny that is. Well, yeah, the writers of Deadpool certainly do. So let's give them credit. <laughs> uh, it feels this. What I saw from the trailer felt much more comedy oriented. Like 
this could be a Will Ferrell comedy, like that kind of, like very yeah. over the top big comedy. Whereas, like I said, I don't think the original Zombieland is. It's it's comedic. It's it's got it's not really gags. It's funny. I think there are lots of gags in it, but I know what you're saying. It's it's it yeah. does feel heightened in the, it feels like it's in a heightened comedy universe the first one felt like it was going for funny things happen in the real yeah. world where it's been taken over by zombies this feels like the whole thing's pitched at the same level as that bit with a scarface mobster shooting zombies in slow motion at the start of the first film yeah um well just when that guy turns around with the big bag of weed i was like it's fucking jay and silent bob zombies <laughs> oh that'd be a good film though <laughs> yeah but then it's not that is it it's like harold and kumar get the zombies that'd be an amazing film that would be <laughs> so good oh that'd be an excellent film yeah i just i i don't think the sequel's going to be good i i think it's going to be maybe it'll be very disposable watchable rubbish kind of like the first film I think that as well, but I think that's going to be... Yeah, the diminishing returns are going to hit him. Yeah, and the first film did capture lightning in a bottle, kind of. It just got very lucky. And I don't think you're going to have that X factor for the second film. I think that's going to be lacking, and it's just going to come and go, and people won't be very into it. And it'll probably have like a 6.7 on IMDb, or a 6.6 by the time it's done, and a rotten, Rotten Tomatoes rating, and... They'll probably not bother making a third one. All right, pitch me a zombie sitcom idea. Don't want to <laughs> keeping it, keeping it. All right, what was the thing we came up with earlier? Uh... Harold and Kumar get the zombies. <laughs> Kevin Smith does a zombie film. Look, I I think it's piece of piss to do a zombie TV show. It really is because you don't you don't really need any hook beyond it's the walking dead but funny you know that that's really all it needs to be at this point where the genre hasn't been saturated to the point that that's been done yet have they ever done a zombie film divided on race lines like so only black people become zombies and white people are uh, immune or, or vice versa or whatever something along those lines. um to the best of my knowledge no nothing that overt they've obviously done the metaphor of racism but I don't think they've ever done anything where that happens, no. They've kind of done it with gender lines. Not gender, uh, uh, sex lines. Oh, I hear sniffling in the corner. I know, I know, I I didn't want to set them up. (laughs) They they did, I think there's a book called... Oh god, what is that book called? The, uh, the, The recent Twilight Zone reboot adapted this, this book into an episode... And my understanding is there is a film version of it, or a, an older TV version of it, potentially. Some sort of thing that contaminate, like affects men, but not women, and turns mm-hmm. them basically into zombies. So that, that's been touched on, but even that, you'd think they would have done a proper full-blown... That's even more obvious, yeah. I think the race thing, you'd be, you'd be walking on very, very thin ice... I think if Jordan, Jordan Peele, Peele did it, be right. yeah, I think if, if Jordan Peele did it, it'd be alright. It's just if yeah. like white men make it, then you're gonna be like, <laughs> we gonna have a backlash. Um, zombie. Anything else? Anything else zombie. in Zombieland? No, not really. It's it, it's it's weird that I'm not 
incredibly excited for the new film because I really should be on paper. It's a big budget zombie comedy coming out in cinemas soon, and I'm not that excited for it. Mm. It's crazy. Maybe you've changed. No. So, that's Zombieland. We're not too excited for the sequel. We will do a Diminisode on it. I mean, I'll uh, go and see it. review it. I'll probably yeah. go see it opening night, Alan. Mm-hmm. Zombies in the cinema. Woo! If you would like to hear our review of the film, you will have to become a Patreon of the show at patreon.com forward slash dim returns. But don't worry, it costs just $1 a month to get extra uh, to get access to all this extra content. Although we haven't barely put anything out the last few weeks because we've both been extremely busy. Um, but we'll uh, yeah, there's we'll stuff there, ready coming. to go. Uh, yeah, yeah, we've got lots of films we need to go and watch and, and, and review. Yeah. But yeah, it's all coming. Uh, and uh, yeah, just $1 a month for all that. And you can help support the show. So go and do yeah, that. Patreon.com yeah. forward slash dim returns. And next week, we're going to do another double bill. Uh, so the next two weeks, in which we look at the Terminator franchise. Uh, that's a very big one that we haven't done yet. That's really yeah. one of the biggest sort of franchises that we haven't... It's been a long even time. Really looked at in any way, have we? Yeah. It's been a long time coming, this one, yeah. Oh, also... Uh, at the time of recording, we we have just closed the poll. Uh, in insofar as we will not be taking any more votes, but there has been an ongoing vote for the last few weeks over on our Patreon to decide the topic of this year's Halloween episode. Oh, is this an official announcement? Song? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, 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 go. Do you know what, what it is? The, what were the nominees? Oh shit! Shall I get? I'll get the thing up. Go on, let's build some tension into this. We're the finalists. All right, we do a drum roll. Right. Keep going. I can't. I'm going to breath. <laughs> so, the the. Do you want me to list everything that was up for the vote? What's the top four? Well, that's a weird number. I'll do top five. <laughs> so, joint fifth place. We had the cabin in the woods. That would have been interesting. This was for Halloween stuff, right? For Halloween, yeah. So they're all like scary films. Yeah. Ghost Watch. That would have been Okay, that would have been an interesting one, yeah. yeah, yeah. The Wicker Man. Kind of surprising we haven't done that one yet, actually. Do you know what that's an obvious one to do because of the sequel as well? We could do both in one, yeah. Mm -hmm. You really like the Wicker Man, don't you? You and Calvin. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we could have a good one about that. Uh and then second place. Surprisingly, really, I am I am surprised this one did as well as it did. I am legend. Hmm. Okay. Which, yeah, I have been considering it for a long time, that one. Um, yeah. Because a uh, friend of the show, Paul Breer, suggested it very early on. I think we'll get to it eventually. Okay, yeah. But no, the winner, the film we'll be covering this year, John Carpenter's The Thing. Ooh. Ooh. That's going to be another interesting one. Yeah. Because you like it. I don't. <laughs> 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 I haven't mm. watched it for a while though. We'll see. We'll see. Neither have I. Okay, so that's all to come in the future with diminishing returns. And uh, yeah, uh, if you enjoy the show, please pass it on. Tell a friend. Help spread the podcast like a zombie plague. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and we shall hopefully. Uh, well, we'll have no reference to you next week, but you will hear us hopefully next week. All right. What? <laughs>
What does I was going to say we'll see you next week, but then like that doesn't that's not how it works. Oh, yeah, and it's yeah. not even like they'll see us. <laughs> yeah, hopefully you'll hear us next week through your own personal choice. Yeah.